Welcome to Monday Night Therapy. I thought that that woman, you know, that woman just walking through the wheat field with her hands in the the wheat is, you know, it's kind of sexy. So I thought I'd loop it. With their hands on the cobs? Yeah. They, they're on the cob. That's wheat, for God's sakes. Yeah, whatever. There was a lot of corn there at the end. She's got a cute arm. What? That's... <laughs> She's got a cute arm. Todd is not with me tonight because he's a traitor's bastard. So Andy has showed up and he's not actually even wearing Georgia gear because because I Georgia's, remembered. Yeah, Georgia. He's actually wearing a coronation shirt. I have to put the banner up. Oh, look, it's, uh, there you go. There's the banner. You can go get merch and there's a special code for 10 percent off until Thursday. We have comments coming in. Um Wade Farr, Wade Farr starts out with, as Dr. Sanguinary of Creature Feature used to say at the beginning of his show on Saturday night, good evening, boys and ghouls. Do you remember Dr. Sanguinary? All too well. Uh, Do you? <laughs> I, I, I don't think I ever watched one beginning to end because those were some pretty bad movies, but I I did watch the uh, beginning of it a lot. That, was, that guy is quite the character. More, more power to him. Well, what do we know? Where do we want to start? What do you want to talk about? What's going on? What's happening? Do you want well, me to go? Why don't you start? I, I'll, I'll did play you watch a lot? Did you watch a lot of football this weekend? I did. I did. Uh, it was a yep. good, it was a good time, but mostly during like I probably started about one thirty, went till about seven or eight. Um, but should we talk about Friday night just because we hate Colorado and that? Yes. Literally put a smile on me throughout the entire weekend. Yeah, just acting the way they do to watch them blow a game like that after going overtime with a one and four team the week before, right. then blowing a twenty nine nothing lead halftime lead to a one and four team. It, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be happy because of the pain of others. But <laughs> goddamn it, when it comes to college football, I've made a cottage industry out of it, and and that game just made me very very happy. You know, I was gonna, I was, uh, I was gonna stay up Friday night, and I looked at that, and I thought, I'm not gonna do this. I mean, Colorado should beat the hell out of Stanford. They're a really crappy team. I, you know, they're they're not good. Stanford is not putting any emphasis on football whatsoever. Uh, you know, th that they joined the ACC was a. To be honest with you, I was shocked by that, that the ACC reached out and took Stanford and Cal and they, you know, because they're just, they're good at Olympic sports. They, they love their Olympic sports but football. They're like, eh, they're too good for it, you know? So uh, then I woke up the, in the morning and I usually, when I get up in the morning, I, I grab my phone and I check my email and I check my texts because my clients will text me at 6 a.m. that something's exploded. And I, for some reason, I saw that score and I'm like, that can't be real. And then it was. And it was so fun. God, it was fun. And it was, and it was mainly, they just mainly got destroyed by one guy who almost had a Troy Edwards, Louisiana Tech type performance against us. I can't remember his name, but I think he ended up with like, 13 catches for about 294, 95 yards. Yeah, and, and, and usually with Travis Hunter covering him. And I was like, there's some fine coaching. I don't care. I don't know if it was Dion to blame or the coordinators, but in a game like that, you just can't have somebody take what, you know, probably 90, hundred snaps, especially after being out for several weeks. And cause he was that, I almost felt bad for him because he was so yeah. gassed in the fourth quarter. Of course, then then after a little shoving match, he slugged the guy. <laughs> so I didn't feel that sorry for him. I thought the real pain there was though, he thought when he when he did that, he probably thought that guy's going down in a heap and it'll be totally worth it. And the guy just snapped right back and got a big smile and pointed at the flag on the field. That was so, that was beautiful. That was, yeah. I did an earlier video today on the dumbest play of the week. And that's the play I picked. Linda Wilkins says, good evening, John and Andy. John, you should not be so happy about Colorado play against Stanford, although it was a stupid play on Hunter's Park. Why shouldn't I be happy about this, There's Linda? Absolutely no reason not to be happy. I, I hate disagreeing that. with Linda, but yeah. yeah. I, I mean, then, this is a team I've despised for decades, and they've just come back strong like they were in the, the old McCartney days and just brings all the old feeling back, feelings back. Like, I didn't really get that jazzed up about the, you know, the Colorados that Mel Tucker and whoever the next guy were rolling out there. But, you know, with them run, running around doing kind of the Miami-Colorado stuff from the 80s again, 
just makes it so easy to hate and just makes games like that fantastic. It does. Uh, wait, wait. Hus Gosh dang it, I keep missing. Husker <laughs> says Colorado is regressing and I'm loving it. And, you know, I think that's the thing about it is – since the beginning of this season, I made some posts on social media and got some flatbacks from people about, oh, you're making fun of the team that beat you. Yeah, yeah. but he, he so has what? the point right here. They are regressing. They're getting worse as the season goes on. And and I, I'll, I'll just say this right up front when we start this. The Illinois game, I know there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people again on social media going, you guys in Nebraska act like you beat Illinois and they're terrible and you think you're going to win the world. I think that the Illinois game, and I said it, I think, in a previous show, I think the Illinois game will signify a turning point in Nebraska football and Matt Rule's reign uh, because of the way the defense played, because of that fourth, you know, that stand, goal line stand, and because of the way the defense just came out and said, uh, we're in charge of everything from here on out, you know. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I was on the opposite side of the, of that feeling. So none of that was directed at me. I was actually catching some crap because I wasn't happier that we won. And it was like, well, you know, it's not like I'm mad that we won, but our biggest issue, you know, not, we'll dive into that right now, but our biggest issue is still alive and well, and we've got three games coming up. Well, yeah. Yeah, call it what you will, the curse, the inability to win, not just not win one score games, but just blast ourselves in the foot while other teams stand aside and wait for it and then take advantage. Um, fortunately, we had a 17-point lead going into the fourth quarter. But what did they do? It's like went, went fumble, interception, fumble, took three penalties inside the 20, two of them inside the 10. Ben Scott, for some reason, chose – the second time this year, that moment, like balls on the five, time to just go dry gulch a guy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there was a reason, but you know, could you wait a couple plays? Uh, see, the refs aren't looking if you really want to do that. And but we just keep finding ways to do it. Fortunately, you know, I don't want to say their offense is horrible. It, it's it's not good, but our defense really stood up. They shut them down, got the ball back every time, gave up some yards on the final drive, but then that ate up the clock, so it was fine. But no, I wasn't happy after that game. And and one thing I kind of took a little snipe in my column at is there's a few, you know, a lot of people writing, hey, you've just got to be happy about this one. You've just got to do it. And my thing was, hey, piss off. My feelings are mine. Don't tell me how to feel. I'm not telling you you should be more pissed. I'm like, if you're happy, great. I'm not. Instead of saying you ought to be happy, say, I'm really happy we won. It was good just to get a win. I'm not going to come at you for that. But making me feel like some kind of asshole because I wasn't yeah. happy. What? I got an issue with that. I'll leave that alone for right now because there's okay. bigger fish to fry. What else did you watch Saturday that uh, stuck out in your in oh, your head? The one, the just the game of the day, and you know, it might be in, end up like game of the year was that Washington Oregon game. Oh, that's that was, true. Yeah, that was just a fun game to watch. I was kind of pulling. For Oregon, but you know, no, no big reason or anything. I've just always kind of liked Oregon a little bit, but I wasn't, you know, mad that Washington won. That was just, that was just, I don't know how to describe it. Just a damn fun game. It was like two super athletic teams, well coached, actually played a little more D. I, th I think people were thinking it'd be like 48 45 or something like that. And they actually did play some D against, you know, two pretty explosive offenses and it's kind of fun knowing hey i saw the game that might have won a guy a heisman because Pennix looked incredible and a couple of us were joking you know it's like you know hey why would you ever leave indiana for washington <laughs> well i don't know right <laughs> like that, you know? but no that was that was the game that stuck out the most and then playing on the next tv was just like an abomination it should have been played in a blizzard and you know Iowa City back in 1963. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. Okay. I didn't come out of there thinking these were world beating defenses. It's just you had one offense that was just unbelievably crappy. Both, and then I think by the end of that game, both of them had lost their starting quarter. Well, McNamara was already out for Iowa, and now Mordecai's done. Everybody we're playing yep. is also on second string quarterbacks now. Yeah. So it, Wisconsin, Iowa was just rough. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't fun to watch. No, I, I, Wisconsin's offense really is struggling. 
Uh, I have a guy I work with at one of my customer sites who's a Wisconsin guy. And, you know, and I've always talked about Braylon Allen as being a really good back. And he's really pissed off at Braylon Allen because uh, he fumbles at the wrong times. And uh, he said he's he's really not that good. He's not as good as you think he is. So I took that to heart a little bit. But uh, like Wade Farr says, Wisconsin quarterback out with a broken hand. You know, Tanner Marker guy is had surgery and he'll be out for the immediate future. Nobody knows when he's going to return. Uh, <clears throat> Washington, Oregon are going to join the Big Ten next year. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple more teams in front of us right away. But, you know, they also I, I, I'm not to, joking. Yeah, you know, I, they have to join the Big Ten and they have to, like, go to Ann Arbor in November. Right. You know, I mean, they have to become part of the Big Ten's. I don't know. It's like joining the Big Ten is like going into a, a family and nobody tells you where all the skeletons are. Yeah. And you have to find them out yourself. And by the way, there's a reason nobody goes ever goes in that one room that's been locked for 138 years. Don't go in there. You know what I mean? That's the kind of family you're like marrying into. And you're like, what the fuck is all this stuff about? And it has to affect them too, you know, when they come in. So, well, uh, you say 138 years, it's like the last 10 or 12. I've, I, I've used this line over again, but we're just, I don't know if there's a close second. We're the creepiest conference in the country. We're, we're just perverts and weirdos and <laughs> kill our players and abuse them in practice and, it's it's unbeaten racist and it's just unbelievable. It's like, I they, I just remember it, it all goes back to when I finally blew up on it was when hey they tried to get a game against Tennessee Chattanooga and you would you know you would have thought we got caught in the room with one of their daughters or something and it was like look we just tried to play an extra game let's go down the list of what the rest of you do and you know I won't do it here but it's it's not not it's not good it's it's not good at all. Hey, go Joe Paterno's statue, you know. <laughs> 111 Jimmy says, is there a right time to fumble? Yes, there is. When you're up by 30. 42-3. Yeah, when you're up by 30, that, you know, it's not your coach is going to get mad at you and go, what the hell are you doing? But that's the right time to, not down by like five. It's mm -hmm. the bad, that, that is bad time to fumble. Or, or uh, uh, what, up by, up by uh, three and early in the fourth quarter. That's a bad time. <coughs> Maryland got beat by Illinois. On a Did last not second field goal. Yeah, not, I didn't either. I was actually it, starting to believe that Maryland might take a hot because they always start off hot and then you know either go five and seven or be six and six and make a bowl game. I like this coach. I was like, okay, I know their I know their DNA their DNA says now you gotta lose five out of six. But God, the way they were playing and, and I, with uh you know, I, I just call him Tua Junior quarterback. Like I said, I I think Mike Loxley is the most underrated coach in the conference. I think he really is kind of building something there, and he's from there, so he may not be just inclined to run away as soon as they win nine or ten games or something like that. But Illinois, hold, I I actually want to watch that game and just see how the hell that happened. That that it, just it, it, you know I I will say that Mike Loxley walked up and down that sideline <laughs> like like not like he didn't know where he was. <laughs> but like he kept looking at his football team going, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> just a little pain in his face. It was just like, uh, oh, my God, I felt sorry for him. You know, and then Illinois wins and you're kind of like, ah, fuck you guys in the East. Ah, yeah. Big Ten West. <laughs> Kiss our ass. Uh, okay. Well, and, then, we'll take and then you have Michigan State actually looking like they can play for for like three quarters. And then blow it again, and then uh, and then Rutgers, who everybody thought would probably win that game fairly easily, comes back and wins anyway. But and you can, I guess, you know, there's crappy weather and all that, but still, you know, they're still the same teams just playing in crappy weather. I guess it can be an equalizer sometimes, but yeah, that that's rough for Michigan State because they were they were shitty before that coach started got caught doing his weird shenanigans. So I, I don't think that made that big a difference. Okay. We'll go some more uh, comments oh early on. Roger Moore, no Todd. How much do we owe you? Hey, the <laughs> super chats are open. Come on. Uh, Linda Wilkins comes back earlier. John, 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 that is not what you do first thing in the morning. You're 61 years old, and we all know that it's not the first thing old men do in the morning. I have my phone with me. I can multitask. 
I thought she was talking about something else, but we can still I don't do that. care because it's my bathroom and it's filthy. All right. <laughs> and I keep it filthy so nobody else goes in there. That's how this works. Uh, cilantro says, John, when are you going to promote that cilantro guy to full-time writer? You know, you do have to ask. That's the key I think, here. I think you just did. Send, send me an email to coronation at gmail.com. By the way, we need, we need basketball writers. I would like to see us, uh, cover basketball, especially women's and men's. I'm excited about men's basketball. We're going to leave that alone for right now and move on. Uh, <clears throat> Houston versus West Virginia. That mm. game was wild. Mm. Uh, that was the one where – was it West Virginia that scored with 12 seconds left and then Houston scored right after that? Yeah. One I, of them – Wasn't that the one they had like 42 points in the fourth quarter combined? Yeah. Something like that. It was insane. Mm -hmm. Not, nothing says, like, let's score 42 in the fourth, like Houston versus West Virginia. I mean, that's 100% on brand for both those teams. Mike Corrigan says, Kalen DeBoer should have been our coach. There's always that coach envy going on. <laughs> Oscar Chuck says, John, would you take an 8-4 finish this season for Nebraska in a 4-8 and eight Colorado season right now? Well, I... <laughs> Take that yeah. in three weeks too. I yeah. take it now, tomorrow, the next day. I, I take it right up until like uh, <laughs> December, and then I get you know. Then you go into next. Then you go into the bowl game, and you go. I want to be nine and four because I'm greedy. There you go. Yep. And then Colorado can stay home and watch us. Yeah. Who's the rest. Okay. Yeah, I mean, two, I, like, two of their three wins, or two, what? Two of their wins are against one and four teams. Another one's like a. Two and four team, and now they're they're out of that. I think there's one 500 team left, and the rest of it's kind yeah. of the cream of the Pac-12. Yeah, they, they're 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 hurting. Yeah. it's too bad, really. It's sad. Oh, I'm yeah, it's uh, awful. Ted Hilker comes up with Iowa, Wisconsin. We kind of hit on that. Let's see what uh what else I got up here. <clears throat> uh, Notre Dame USC. That was a fun game. I rooted for Notre Dame because you know why I was raised Catholic and by God, I hate USC. I really do. I can't stand Lincoln Riley. And I, I'm not so sure about Caleb Williams either. Everybody keeps saying he's like a generational quarterback talent. And I, I am not sold on that. He is pretty damn good, but I mean, is he better than Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see when he gets in the NFL, I guess, but we'll see. I, can't stand Notre Dame. We won't go into all those reasons here. So, but I just love how that flipped everything in the rankings. Cause I've been saying that since before the Colorado game, USC's, you know, they were acting like they were a playoff team. And I'm like, their defense is still trash. It's still hot garbage. They got exposed by Colorado, almost losing, you know, that game in the second half, the same way Colorado did it last night. Well, then you look at Notre Dame, what they got drilled by Louisville pretty good. So now, you know, now with two losses, they can't, TV networks can't all scream to put them in with ones. So that made me happy. But in a way, I was kind of happy. It's like, of course, I want to see Notre Dame lose. But to see them just go in, which I kind of thought would happen, is just go in and destroy Southern Cal just because Southern Cal has no defense. Because Notre Dame's not an A-lister -A offense either. But That's true. Every, That's everybody, true. everybody can be against Southern Cal. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad they've probably knocked Southern Cal out of that discussion for good. As much fun as maybe a, a you know a national semifinal, what that defense would be to watch, but um, yeah, so I wasn't completely destroyed by that. Okay, any anything else from this weekend that stuck out? Um, those those were probably the big ones. I think we covered all the games that really meant anything to me. I guess. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Probably, you know, I will say this. I, the other thing that sticks out for me this weekend is, my God, Kirk Cousins gets a lot of blame for the Minnesota Vikings fans. It, he was actually having a pretty good year, but now you've just lost, like, the best receiver in football. Right. And now they're like, oh, look at that game he had. Uh-huh. Can't, can't, exactly, <laughs> can't exactly plug, you know, plug, uh, you know, was it Addison or, uh, or that Osborne? Can't really plug them in there and expect, you know, 12 catches. 150 yards and three touchdowns out of those guys. Yeah, cut Kirk, Kirk, cut Kirk a little bit of a break there. 
It's kind of like everybody shits on Matt Rule in the NFL, you know. And it's like, what what the hell? It's like, look who his quarterbacks were. And the fact that Christian McCaffrey missed over half the games he coached, and, you know, tell me Bill Belichick could have won five, six games a year with that team. So, yeah, it's, okay. it's the same thing. We're going to go on with uh, we're going to go on with Matt Rule's uh, press conference today. But first, I'm going to I'm going to go with this. <clears throat> Terry Swanson says, I only watch these to see if John is still alive. How you doing, Terry? I do. So you all know Terry Swanson. I grew up with this man and he tried to kill me more fucking times than any other human being alive. If I remember correctly, um, that's him. I remember one time we he had like a Bronco, you know, <laughs> an old what were the Ford Broncos? Dodge? It was Ford. Yeah. What? Okay. Ford, I, I think, think it was a Bronco. Anyway, we all went out drinking. We live in Western Nebraska. We're driving around all day drinking. I'm all the way back in the tailgate. I think he pulled up on some street next to a friend of ours' house. The tailgate fell open. He hit the accelerator. I flew out the back. He hits it reverse and tries to come back and literally stops. And I look up and the, the tire is honest to God. It's like a volleyball that's kind of partially out. It's right over the top of my head, like three inches from my head. You're okay. Being yeah, this guy tested me a lot. How you doing, Terry? <laughs> Good to see you, you fucker. Ah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Colin J says, John, do you also pay this guy with cat dirt turds like you do with Greg? Yes. Anybody that's a staff member gets paid with cat turds. I got a that's special cat turd bag. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Sacco says, John pays him the same. He pays everyone else with contempt. What did the first time I think I met you, what did I say to you? To me? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I remember the first time we actually met in person. Oh, I pulled up outside was it that you're like sister's $15 million cabin and you're sitting there in your bare feet, you know, at the end of this, you know, long driveway and by, by the mailbox, just out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. And, and you just looked up at me and we'd never met. What the hell was it? It was just something like about time you found the place asshole or something like I that. I said, fuck face. Oh, fuck face. See, I said, I'm hi, old, fuck face. Too. Yeah, and, uh, and then I also I think the first words I said to you was, "Well, you act like an asshole. Why don't you write like one too?" That that was later on, and that was and oh, that I said okay. The exact, the exact quote is, uh, "We need an asshole, Andy. I I believe you are our asshole. <laughs> Be our asshole." <laughs> well, I, I I got hate mail and blasted on Facebook, uh, you know, and a couple other things in the last couple of weeks. So I must be doing something right. Oh, look at this. Terry, I, whoops, I missed it. Uh, Lonnie what the Kittleman hell was that says, before? <laughs> what the hell was that before? <laughs> Lost a few pounds and discovered just for men? Yeah, not enough. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lonnie Kittleman says, Terry, in relation to Shane, he means Shane Swanson. Shane Swanson uh, played oh, in Hershey. Uh, wingback. Oh my God! It's like old homes week. Uh, Monica, I grew Jesus up. Christ. Two. <laughs> Terry is Shane's cousin. We all played against Shane when we were in high school. I once, just so you guys know that he he blitzed on me. I was a guard, and he tried to jump over me, and I raised up and threw him up in the air, and uh, you know, I flipped him, and he had to go out for like two. He, that guy was a man when we were in eighth grade. <laughs> I know you don't know Shane Swanson. He played for Nebraska. He was a wingback. My God, he was an athlete. Uh, Terry Swanson comes back with, it was a Bronco and Dale wouldn't let me back over you. <laughs> what the, what's going on right now? <laughs> it's it's a, like you, I feel like you should be in like some kitchen with, you know, <laughs> aprons and, and, and oven mitts with sayings on them. You got to be shitting me. Uh, are you wearing okay. the same shirt? Yeah, well, you know, they are coronation shirts. God damn. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, Matt Rule had a press conference today. <sighs> Matt Rule had a press conference today, and here's what came out of it. Heinrich Hardberg is named the starter. My Should hair's be. done doing something weird. Malachi Coleman will start against Northwestern. Uh, they have to get Billy Kemp the fourth. The ball, much more. They have to. Uh, Ramir Johnson wants to come back for his sixth year. And? 
And Marcus Washington also wants to come back if possible. I think Mar I think Ramir Johnson. Uh, I think don't they need a both yes. those guys need medical red shirts or something, don't they? They don't uh, just get to come back. They need waivers. Well, I think I think I think Ramir qualifies pretty easily, but isn't that kind of like the four games thing, or is it a six games thing? I can't remember. It's a if, four game thing for red. Yeah, if it's a four game thing, it might be Ramirez and Marcus out because right now the NCAA seems to be taking it's you know because NCAA has taken L's at everything they've gone to court over for like the last eight years now, whether it's the video games or uh, or the transfer portal or NIL, and it just and it's it's really shitty, but it seems like what they're doing is just turning down every fucking request for an extra year or not have to sit out a year that they can right now. It's almost like they're just doing it out of spite. I'm look at it. It's like the first guy was a kid with a sick mom who wanted to transfer to Florida state. And I think from a place that wasn't that bad, like not looking for a huge move up, but that's where mom lived and he wanted to be closer and they turned him down and he could actually prove, yeah, she's sick. And I'm like, well, if he's getting turned down, I have a feeling nobody's, you know, Reek Gilbert, go ahead and make your plans. I, I didn't mean make those plans, but uh, I, it, yeah, it just looks like everybody's getting slapped left and right that's trying for a break. I, and I hope that stops. Sam Roberts gives us a super chat. Thank you, Sam. Oh, I no. think, and he says, I think we have a 65% chance of winning the West. That's pretty high. Also, I told you that Alvana would figure it out sooner or later. His last miss was on the snapper. That's actually true. Um, uh, yeah. Alvana was per, 65%. Yeah, that's 65 high. 65%. That is high. Uh, what has to happen? Do you know? Me personally? I think Iowa State has a two-game lead on, like, everybody. Not Iowa? us, maybe. You mean did Iowa? I say Iowa State? You did. Well, I, you know, they're kind of the same mushy Iwegian thing. I think there's a big difference between the two, actually, but <laughs> just in general behavior. But, um, I mean, here, hell, here's my thing. It's like maybe you saw, you know, the name I popped up for myself there. But I just, you know, whether it was our chat room, the bars, whatever, everybody's like, well, I feel like we got the next three. And then it's like, then all bets are off and we can try to win eight or nine. I'm like, what has, you know, have you been watching what's been happening? You know, it's like, it was like Mike Riley made losing a cultural, like his cultural fricking directive. And then Frost came in and honed that to perfection by making losing one score games an absolute art form. And what you're, what you're trying to say is we can win three in a row and are they winnable? Yeah. Northwestern just bit, you know, they barely beat Howard. But they're also the team that came back and beat Minnesota, who beat us. And there's Purdue. Doesn't look too good. But guess what Purdue did that we didn't? They put in Illinois away. We, you know, right. we hang on 20 to 7. They go out and blast them 44-19. And Michigan State, that's one that's like the way they're playing right now, man. If we find a way to lose that, but look at them. They go out and jump out to like a, what was it, a 24-7 lead on Rutgers before they came back. And I, it's just like, I'm going to be terrified if we find ourselves in a one-score deal in, in the fourth quarter simply because I don't believe we've won a single one of those things in a situation with uh, like with bowl, trying to get bowl eligible. I, I guess the closest would come last year. We did beat Indiana. Was it in, No, Rutgers. We beat them like 14-13. And technically then we were still kind of fighting for, for the bowl, and that was early on. But other than that, it's just... We're six and twenty-five since two thousand eighteen in those things. It's it's Many, absolutely terrifying. I can't go. Hey, we're going to win these next three. I'm just going. Really, let us beat Northwestern. Let us beat Northwestern. Then let's then let's think about Purdue and just. But it's tough because they're winnable. I get it. <laughs> that that you know what there there is this this thing where Matt Rule did say he's focused on going one and oh this week, which I think is a really yeah. good approach to things. I, th I think that we should all take that approach and not look yep. ahead, even yep. though we want to, we yep. have Northwestern this week mm -hmm. and we need to beat, beat Northwestern and then go to whoever's after that, who gives a shit. It's not, it, it's so far out in the distance. <laughs> we don't care. And I mean, yeah. honestly, that was kind of Osborne's thing too. It's like, you know, Hey, we don't have, we don't have a tough game for another uh, five weeks and he would be, Hey, I don't care if it's you know two and seven Iowa State. You got a tough game this weekend. 
you play all the games the same, you know, and it, in the end, it worked out for me. You, in a lot of those nine and two years that, you know, drive you nuts that why can't we start working on Oklahoma three or four weeks before? And, but he always, but he was very much one game at a time, just one game at a time. And I, I'm glad to hear coach rule doing that as well. Uh, Ooh, Benny says Reimer is, Reimer, Reimer is healthy. Luke Reimer will be back and be playing against Northwestern this week. Uh, let's see what else we got out this. Here's another key. Matt Rule said, if I start talking about bowl games, I'm part of the problem. Ooh, can huh? I do it? Can I do it? Playoffs. Go ahead. Playoffs. <laughs> that was one. Of my, sorry, that's one of my favorite NFL clips of all time. Just playoffs. <laughs> he he also said, look back, look at Nebraska football over the past eight to ten years in the second half of the season. It's abysmal. Abysmal. Wow. This coach. One-score one game abysmal. This team needs to learn how to be the same team every week. Eh? Eh? As long as, long as that doesn't include last week on offense. Uh, let's see. In the fourth Malachi quarter. Coleman. Uh, offensive line has gotten better and better, especially in pass protection. I think so. But, We've still got some people griping. The line's not any better, and I'm like, the line's better. It it, it, is. it hasn't made the jump to night, you know, 95 Nebraska, but the rushing game has improved, and it seemed like the last couple of games Harburg was getting a little more time. So yeah, because yeah, the pass protection early was awful. Uh, let's see. Thought the O line, the offensive line, paid too much attention to outside noise in the past. Probably me bitching about Bryce Benhart for like two years. You know, that <laughs> they take fucker. it apart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, sees the team making steps in preparation process in their practice. By the way, I'm getting these from uh, the 247 Huskers Twitter account, who That's does right. a damn good job of summarizing. Matt Rule's press conferences, and if you're on Twitter, follow the 247 Huskers. You know, there's a lot of good Husker follows. And then, honestly, on Twitter, there's a lot of guys that just seem to be wanting to poke people in the eyeball and, like, <laughs> you know, just bring up anxiety points. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're the guys that are constantly, like, uh, what are we going to – what a, what a look-ahead stuff. Do oh. you do that, Andy? No, do I was you? saying I'm the one who constantly brings up the curse and people th you know, think I'm just jabbing and we don't need to talk about it. And I'm like, no, I, I have the anxiety. This isn't me trying to make others anxious. This is just me projecting my own emotions on the whole thing. It's like, I, Hey, I'm still a hundred percent all in all that all red, but I'm not going to do the blind hope. I've just got to go. This is a problem. And the, and the killer thing about it is it's a, Easily, it should be an easily fixable problem. Hey, don't do stupid things inside the twenty. Um, I recognize that turnovers are going to happen, but they shouldn't happen three straight drives. They shouldn't happen at the worst time every time. So I think that goes a little beyond. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they need a therapist. I don't know if we need to do like Ted Lasso and start burning shit in a trash can to kill a ghost like they did in that show. I'm open. I'm open to anything, but it's got to it's got to get fixed because it's not a talent problem in those areas. It's it's head problems. It's like, hey, you're running with that football in this game. You're leading with nine minutes to go. Cover the damn points on the thing. Don't don't try to wing it around and you know and throw it out here while ripping for that extra yard. It's like drive those legs, but cover that damn ball. And I don't know. I, you can see I, I got a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of issues. <coughs> oh my God, you've injured me, sir. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to kill you. He, he, he did make the comment Ed Foley wants to run a fake punt every week. I mean, what the hell? Why not? Why if not? It, if, if it's there. Yeah. Uh, Rule said he hates when the players engage with the crowd instead of focusing on the game. But if that gets them going, then coach will adapt. I'll be new school. How well, about that one? Well, I thought he said one thing too, and I don't know if it if it's a different thing or just a misreading, because the one I read said, 
when they score, he wants the team celebrating with the team, not running up to like, you know, pump the fans or try and high five fans and stuff. And that I kind of get. Um, now, if, if he's talking a separate thing where maybe they're doing it from the sideline, you know what? As long as, as long as they're focusing while they're on the field, I don't mind a little engagement to get the fans going. I don't mind that one bit, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, da, da. Well, let's let's take some of these comments. <clears throat> Cilantro says, who is winning Ohio State versus Penn State on October 21st? I know my choice. I, I'm, I'm taking Ohio State. Are I'm, just going, I'm just, I think Penn State... Penn State's very capable of beating them, but uh, sometimes that DNA just kicks in. Where are they? Where are they playing? I wish I, if I knew where they were playing and what time. Because if you get them like at Penn State, you know, in the middle, it, you know, in a night game at Penn State, that could swing it a different direction. This Ohio State team may not be as calm and collected as previous teams, but until They're Penn in State, they can beat them regularly. I'm I'm Ohio State. They're Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, yeah, I thought. I think Penn State is going to win this, and the reason why I say that is I think Penn State's defense is is steadier than Ohio State. I think Ohio State just has some flaky problems. Like uh, I think their quarterback has improved throughout the season, McCord, but I just I just feel like their defense has got some slight. I don't know. I feel like that if those two teams, well, they're going to get together this. I was going to say if they got together, if they're going to get together this weekend, and it's the game of the weekend because there are not a lot of very good games this weekend, other than Nebraska versus Northwestern in the battle for NU. But those two teams are going to get together, and I feel like the one that's more mentally put together is going to win that game, and that's Penn State for me. Because okay. if Ohio State goes into some of these games and they start mentally breaking down. And they've done that for a while, and uh, I th I think that I would pick Penn State. Yeah, I I can't really argue with anything you just said there. Tony Washland says is the Iowa versus Minnesota over under seventeen point five oh, points. God. It's thirty two, I think. Is and it thirty thirty two is an week. incredibly low over under? You know, oh, when you oh. come to betting, I don't bet on games. Do you bet on games? Uh, I don't. I have lots of friends that do. I, I tried years ago and I just wasn't any good at it. <laughs> so that, I, I, and I didn't enjoy, let's put it this way. Some guys really enjoy that adrenaline rush of betting. I didn't. It's like when I lost, I wanted to just break all the furniture. And when I won, I wasn't ecstatic or happy. I was just relieved that I won. So then I didn't <laughs> have to break all the furniture. So it just wasn't any. But I would I take the I under study, if I, I love studying the numbers. I love doing all that. I love the like how to watch article where I talk about it. And I got a buddy of mine who bets all the time. Uh, it, it got him to start, you know, hey, pick out a couple of lines for our games. He's a, he's actually five and one right now doing that. He'll just pick out a particular one or two particular bets he likes for the Husker game that day. And I think the only, I think he went his first loss is he went one and he picked out two for Illinois and and went one and one because he thought it was going over. And he said the reason was that on short weeks, that usually favors the over. But what? Okay. Yeah, because they had like the short week to, they had the Friday. Right. Game. And so that, but that was the reason. So that's the only one he's gotten wrong this year so far. But no, I have a lot of fun with gambling and the statistics and the odds of all of it. I just don't like putting my money out there. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. If it was fun, I'd I do it. At, at 32 points between Minnesota and Iowa, I'd take the under. Cause yeah. I, well, I, 34 and a half last week with Wisconsin-Iowa, and that was like the lowest under over in like D1 in like 20 years, and now this one's coming in lower than that. Linda Wilkins says, Andy, I must admit that it seems like an upward trend has been established with this appearance. Good work. Look at that. Thank wow. you, ma'am. Deep bow. I appreciate it. Okay, Ryan Coles comes in and says, <clears throat> excuse me, we pretty much have to win out the rest of the season to win the West. Iowa's at 3-1 and one right now and looking at the rest of their schedule. Minnesota and Nebraska are their only roadblocks. I got to feel like Minnesota isn't that much of a roadblock. But by God, we're going to win out. Okay, you think we, we, could, we can win out? Whether yeah. or not we're going to do it. Yeah, let's talk about gonna that. Be <laughs> winning out? 
I thought we just said we'd take it one week at a time. Yeah, that was that was I couldn't be more sarcastic. Let's have the winning out discussion. It's like let's have the beat Northwestern discussion for God's sake. Yeah, here's my part of that discussion. I'm out. <laughs> Cilantro. Didn't Nate McM say the Encore Nation that Nebraska would find a way into the college football playoff? He might have said that. We say a lot of things on Corn Nation. Yeah. And it's always up to you to figure out if we're like satire, parody, joking, or very, very serious. Yeah. And I, I prefer to keep it that way because, you know, <laughs> uh, if I put it this way, if I was the manager of all of you people here, I would be one of those guys that was slightly flaky most of the time. Slightly. I guess be, because, <laughs> because I am flaky most of the time. But you'd never know what was going to happen next. You might think, well, oh, God, I'm only going to get a small bull at cat turds. And then I'd give you like a bucket of cat turds. And you'd be like, oh, my God. This is so well, exciting. Here's the, here's the thing. It, do, you just have to ask yourself, does McHugh drink like a person who thinks all the liquor is going to be gone the next week? for the last several years, or was he just pulling everybody's leg? Um, oh my God. I've, I've met, I've met Nate. He seems like a pretty straight laced guy. So I'm going to go with, with a pretty good sense of humor. So I would say, uh, don't, don't think he was expecting everybody to take that one seriously. I didn't read all of this, but James Marshall usually has pretty good points. A James Marshall says a lack of continuity killed Frost's tenure at Nebraska. So far, Rule seems to know how to stir the pot, so to speak. That is, he doesn't sacrifice the defense in an attempt to make the offense look good. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I, I think they play complementary football <laughs> where the two sides complement each other. You know, one of them doesn't try to, you know, like Frost, Frost's offense would have just scored in seven seconds and said, well, the defense has the problem of stopping them now. Right. Whereas I think – I think Matt Rule looks at it and says, our offense isn't very good. Our defense is going to be on the field a lot. Therefore, our offense needs to run the ball, move the clock, pick up possessions, control the tempo, slow it down. He also did say uh, during the press conference, one thing I forgot to mention, he said, uh, we're not going to do tempo yet because we're not ready for that. And I think when you look at that, you look at him saying, "Is the offense may not be the only ones ready for that. The defense might not be ready for that too, so you know they are everything as a whole instead of like be instead of individual pieces, and I, I kind of like that about him. Well, I, I had a couple. I had a couple of thoughts here. One thing I've been reading from the just the reporters who cover rules press conferences is they they say this is really enjoyable because they said he actually gives us good stuff. He's just not he's not out there. Like say with con contempt with you know Polini and and Frost or just sitting there trying to you know hundred uh, percent that uh, we're going hundred percent their way through all the questions because they said hey we there's one I remember last week where they knew they were only getting him for a short time but he said I can't remember who it was said so they were talking among themselves they said but the thing about Matt rules we're still going to get good stuff and some good honest answers out of him so that's you know I don't know what that matters in the grand scheme of things but. You know, I, you don't, all of a sudden you have a guy who doesn't have like a contentious relationship with the press. And in Riley's case, it's like he had a nice relationship. He didn't tell him anything. I don't know if he had anything to tell him, to be honest. But it, right. it's kind of, <laughs> but no, it's kind of, that's kind of nice. The other, then the other thing I was going to say was with the offense, it's like, you know, hey, we're not ready for tempo. Well, because you have some people already go, I, you know, I, I'm already, let's get rid of Harbaugh and start, uh, you know, start Sims again. And I'm like, Literally, he got completely ignored by last year's staff. The year before, I think right. they had thing. You had Verduzco teaching him how to throw sidearm. Um, this is the first time he's actually been, you know, coached as a, you know, coached and paid attention to as a quarterback. And okay, so you got a guy who's like six five. I don't know. To me, he looks like two twenty five, two thirty now. That he does not. He is not a skinny kid anymore. Uh, you know, as Rule said, one of the fastest guys on the team, and they, I think they had him clocked up close to like 20 miles an hour on one of his touchdowns. Uh, was it again? Maybe it's against Illinois. I can't, Illinois or La Tech, but has high end speed, high jump six, seven in high school. They said he has by far the strongest arm on the team. Maybe we want to spend a little time developing a guy like that, not, you know, not throwing the towel. He, he seems to get a little better each week. He's obviously got a lot to, you know, to improve on, but some of the things he, he's done are kind of amazing. It's like, there's, 
there's potential here. I remember right after he signed with us, there was supposedly a rumor that Nick Saban had wanted him to take a visit. He had, hadn't offered him, but wanted him to take a visit. It's like, God, it's like, if that's even true, you know, because the guy just probably saw, look at the, like, rule, look at the track numbers. Look, let me take a look at this 6'5 kid who can do this. Yeah, maybe, why don't we stick with him for, you know, a few games, see what happens. All right, Ted Hilker right. comes in and says, I think the option would be more effective if they committed to it more and used the fullback. What do you think of that? I know my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, they think it's like, I don't know if the thing is that they're not committing to the option enough. It's just Harvard's been keeping it 90% of the time. And because and, I remember when I was doing my notes for the recap and he actually hit Grant with a pitch and Grant made a nice run, I ty- typed like in all caps, he pitched the ball. <laughs> and to me, that was something. So I, I think they, it seems like they're including it a lot. It's just Harburg's option is Harburg a lot of the time still. Like he almost doesn't want to mess up the pitch. It's kind of like when he, he at times, he, it looks like he's almost throwing it away too much. Somebody m- would have been open, but he's, I like the thinking. It's like, hey, don't lose, learn your stuff, but don't lose games by forcing stuff in too often while you're doing that, which he still does here and there. But I feel like, he could be doing it a lot more. He could be forcing things a lot more. But no, yeah, I, I think we're seeing a decent option. Now, Full, I'll let you take fullback because I'm not sure. I don't think you throw fullback in there in the option in the middle of the season. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing with using the fullback. First of all, you're going to bring a fullback. He's going to be in here in between you know, the line in that space instead of spreading guys out. And when you spread guys out, you force the defense to spread out because they have to cover the guys you're putting out there. And bringing everybody in and bringing a fullback in does not mean the blocking is going to be better. In fact, in this case, because our offensive line is not going to be better, they don't get off the ball that fast. They're not a really – they're not – they've gotten better, but they're not a really physical offensive line. All you're going to do is clog up the middle. Instead of spreading a guy out and taking a defensive player out with him, but you want a a guy away from the play that you're going to run. The other problem with this is Marcus Satterfield did know the option when he came in here and he's learning it from Ron Brown. So when you add a third, the triple option in there, (laughs) that is a hell of a lot more complex that you're asking guys to learn on the fly in the middle of the season. Cause you suddenly said, Holy shit. Our starting quarterback is injured and he hasn't played that well. And we have to come up with something, and you want to run this complexity that we have to put in right in the middle of a season when we've – and I don't even know it that well, me being Marcus Satterfield. The next problem with that is this. Running the triple option to perfection requires incredible timing. How many quarterbacks did Tom Osborne have before he really got, you know, the 90s going? I mean, how many quarterbacks did we hate at Nebraska? Mark Maurer comes to mind that all my friends made fun of Mark Maurer, the guys that couldn't get the timing down or guys that couldn't run the option as well as like Tommy Frazier. So, you know, I, I, it's not an answer. The last problem I'll bring up with the triple option or using that kind of offense is this. Who runs it? I mean, literally, yeah, <laughs> you're thinking about at the division level. Yeah. Who? What high schools right. run run oh, the triple oh, oh. option? What high schools in Nebraska? What high schools across the nation run that offense? Any? I I bet there's a few out there, but not many. This the many. great majority. So you, the great majority see, doesn't. So you have to pull guys into your program, and then you have to teach them, which, quite frankly, is an antiquated offense that nobody runs. Yeah. And most of these guys, if you're going to get the best players, they're going to look at this and they're going to go, I want to go to the NFL. There's never going to be a triple option in the NFL. Right. It's, I, you know, I like the fact that they're running an option. I think it's a, a, a very good option for the offense. But using the, you know, going back to the triple option, it's just, it's not, it's not going to work for this staff or this set of these teams. Uh, I I mean, I can speak a little from experience there because when I was in high school, I like I was a quarterback and receiver, and I after I think it was about three games, the coach gave me and said, "Well, we really don't have a backup quarterback option here yet, so would you mind being our backup quarterback?" So what I did was come in and meet him in the gym at like quarter after six every morning till school started, 
and me and then one other kid who came in just to be you know be the third man all we did was work on my footwork and then and then how to do it reading the defensive end on whether you hand it off to the fullback and then reading the defensive end on whether or not to pitch and like just the body language to look for him and i you know and i did that for about three weeks you know of, of this you know just dr dragging myself you know out of bed at five to do that in the morning for an hour and a half or so you know then practice then have a regular practice later where i get some snaps and i can tell you it's not something you walk into and it's like oh click light goes on because you you have to do it where you're not you have to it's like anything else in sports you have to do it until you don't have to think about it anymore and i don't know if i reached that spot at all that season i just got to where i could run it and not screw it up too bad and since i since i was a good runner and had a rag arm it was perfect for for me but yeah it's a it's not an easy thing it's a, those are good points you made don't tell anyone i said that okay guys are bringing up okay wolf arrow brought up army and navy run the triple option yes they do and they air do force. it very well but they do it yeah an air force and they do that because they're kind of forced to because of the structure of their team this right. other thing is is that's what they do all the freaking time do they won do they win championships no they don't win right. championships I don't think that's the triple option stopping them. <laughs> yeah, they've got right. the talent, just that damn triple option. <laughs> it's because they got little oh military guys. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god! Okay, I have to go through some of these. Okay. Uh, Jason Rees says John has a cat turd hunting simulator. How did you know? <laughs> it's called his foot. Stepped <laughs> uh, <laughs> another uh, one. <laughs> Uh, Lloyd Christmas says, uh, or yeah, Lloyd Christmas says, John, do you know why Colorado lost? Because of Krama. That's why. Go Big Red. And then he Ooh. said, uh, also, John, I'm worried that we will win the West. Your thoughts? I hate to get killed again, man. You know what? You know what would be a really good measure of this team? A really good measure of this team would be to. <laughs> to play Michigan again in the Big Ten title game. Because they played us before. We didn't play well. We didn't play with a lot of energy. <laughs> and it would be, you know what? It would be interesting to see how far we've come if we would win the West and play them again. What? <laughs> I wonder what you were doing. Are you okay over there? Okay, I'm moving on John, to the next subject. John, is that you? John, John, wait, but wait, says, wait, far says, smash the like button. Please smash the like button on YouTube so that the YouTube algorithm uh, likes us more. Um, uh, John, Fred Sacco says, John will mail Andy enough cat turds to spell out go big red on his wall. What, what do you think of that? Would you uh, like that many cat turds? I was, you know, if I ever get more than like an hour notice, I might de decorate the wall or something, but or find a different place to do it with stuff around. But yeah, I found two hats a little bit. Okay, Linda, <laughs> Linda, <laughs> Linda Wilkins says, "Hey, John, what are your thoughts on a Nebraska versus Wisconsin volleyball game on Saturday?" My thoughts are that we will have Beth and and probably Miley, two of our volleyball writers, volleyball. Two of our volleyball writers on, and it's looking like Thursday night. I don't know if we're going to do that in place of the Five Heart Podcast or with the Fart, but they're both going to come. We're going to have a volleyball show. Wednesday, I will be doing a live show with a Northwestern guy at 7 p.m., but we will be talking about volleyball. Roger Moore says, God runs an option. <laughs> That's a nice, a, I like that. There's a T-shirt. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know if I could use runs on a t-shirt though. You know what no. I mean? That is a trademark. And what the I, shit is this? I, Blonnie Kittleman says, bring back the Yale breast. I don't know what the Yale breast is. I'll Google it. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of old offensive stuff and, uh, I need to get back to making some history videos. Uh, Yale breast. Breast. Huh? And then Highlander Gun brings up this shit. <sighs> Tell everybody about the hundred dollars you raised for charity Thursday night, John. Okay, what happened last Thursday night? 
is that somebody made a comment about the movie Young Guns. And I commented, I hate the movie Young Guns with a passion. And then, and then Greg flippantly asks me, how much would it cost for people to have you watch the movie Young Guns online and react to it? And I flippantly <laughs> responded, $100. And then some fucker named Marcus comes in and gives us $100. So uh, listen, I know that I know you guys want to do this thing where I watch Young Guns and react to it. But here's the thing. I don't know how to do this online. I really figure don't. Figure it out. Yeah, I know. Figure it out. I got so much shit to figure out. There's a long list. The other problem was is like my video I did earlier today got demonetized because of a copyright problem. And uh, I'd like to figure out, you know, I don't, we'll figure it out somehow, but don't be planning on it like in the next two no, weeks. No, John, this is the kind but, of thing we can do. You know about me and movies, man. We can do, uh, instead of Mystery Science Theater 3000, we can do Sports Movie Theater 3000, Young Guns. Westerns 3000s. Oh man. We, uh, yeah, there, there's a whole, whole hold open here. Let's do it. Let's Lonnie Kittleman comes back and says beast. Yale beast. That makes sense. I Googled Yale breasts and all I got was a bunch of Yale med center stuff with <laughs> oncologists and breast surgeons and shit. And in a weird way, it made me feel creepy. So now, now let's try Yale beast. <laughs> Yale beast won't freak me out. John, how do you think Nebraska matches up against Iowa and Wisconsin? We, we're, we should what talk about Northwestern. Did, Iowa and Wisconsin are, 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 are ways out in the distance. I'll real quickly say, you know, both those games are going to be about us taking the care of the ball. The entire rest of the season, I think, is going to be about us taking care of the ball. I, Iowa wins games by scoring no points whatsoever. They have one long run against ah. Wisconsin, an 82-yard run. Shit for a minute. The Yale beast is like some horn antelope-looking thing. What? Um, yeah, there, it's, yeah like, there's Yale beast mythology. Let me see if I can get one. What? That, that's one example of the Yale beast. It's a thing. I went. I typed in Yale beast, and the first selection was Yale Yale beast mythology. I didn't read anything. I just saw pictures of like an angry okay. antelope. The hell I did not know this. I'd rather talk about that than our opponents four or five games down the fucking road. Northwestern is our only game left on the schedule. <sighs> there are many says, many says Emilio. You guys, uh, <laughs> Terry Swanson says, do not Google Yale breast. Terry has his, Terry has his safe filter turned off on Google. That's the problem there. Uh, <laughs> At least I didn't do images. <laughs> uh, Wade Farr says, do the Young Guns thing at midnight while I'm out, please. You know, Wade, you don't have to show up, and it'll be a separate show from our regular show because we're not doing it during a regular show. Monday night Let Young Guns therapy. <laughs> Linda Wilkins says, good night, John and Andy. Great show tonight, Andy. Thanks for stepping in and filling in for Todd. Anytime. Uh, Fred Sacco says, that looks like some weird secret society shit. The Yale Beast thing. It does. It does. It, it does. looks like 100%. You know, some kind of weird fucking handshake you do. <laughs> He's not wrong. Well, it's better than what Northwestern does for their secret society shit. <sighs> Is there anything else we need to cover? We usually do an hour. Yeah. Um, I think we got it. I, I don't know. Go big red, man. Beat Northwestern. I don't, I don't care what we're favored by. Just win that fucking game. Wait, Wade Farr says your hour is up. New co-host. Wow. Wade, <laughs> my God. Good night. Bye. Uh, <laughs> you know, we didn't even talk about Northwestern, but like I said, Wednesday, I'll be talking to a Northwestern guy and we will be talking about all the Northwestern stuff. Oh, like what the hell is going on there? Uh, they are beat. three. You know what? They are three and three. And I think yeah. that that is shocking in itself that they've I won. I thought three Howard games. was their only win. On yeah. The this year. And but uh, they have the entire team of creeps and coaches there. So it's not like they had a talent drop off. Well, from one win. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Carl Sykes says Nebraska 17, Northwestern 20. Carl, 
you're not, well, least- you're not, you're either being a troll or you're, you don't feel the, 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 hey, at least, the at least he did positive, it with lowercase letters. Yeah. The positivity that's going on right now, by the way, by the way, when was the last time that Nebraska won two big 10 games in a season? In a season or in a row? Yes. In a season. Last year? Was it? <laughs> yeah. They, won. they beat uh, Iowa and they beat Indiana and they beat Rutgers. Okay. Three. Oh, my God. Okay, then it's in a row. That's the, that's probably tougher. <laughs> I think it's well, 2019. That might be right. Because I think somebody might have said that after the Illinois game that it's been that long since we won back-to-back. 13 and a half. This is the one I saw today. Yeah, it, it started at 11 and a half, and it's already moved to Ooh. 13 and a half. Justin yeah, was- Rogge comes back with 15. Jason Reeves comes back with 2017. God, you know, we have been an awful football program for a while, and that's the honest-to-God truth. Shay, Shay Blatarski <laughs> says 2016. Can I have to I mean, 2018 then? I, I don't think it even matters because, I mean, that's how bad we've been. I mean – you know, and now I think that things are looking up. By the way, one of the the, the other things that we did not cover this weekend uh, that happened this weekend is top recruit Carter Nelson went to the Notre Dame game. Yep. And people people shit themselves on Twitter for a little bit because Carter Nelson is going to Notre Dame because nobody would want to come to Nebraska. We can't win games. And then Carter Nelson's dad today came out and said he's still committed to Nebraska yeah. for God's sake. So knock it off. And then. Uh, who was the other guy? Uh, oh, Grant Bricks. Oh, Bricks, yeah. Grant Bricks is projected Oklahoma by an Oklahoma guy. Yeah. I mean, that's like me talking about Nebraska, and you're going, gee, aren't you a homer? Yes. Well, our, our Nebraska, I read up, and our Nebraska guy said he called around to people he knew and says that guy's probably right. So yeah, Now, then again, about- this, this guy's been one of the quietest guys about his recruiting that's true. But we'll see. Don't don't you remember last March we had a guy that went all – I can't remember if he was 24-7. I know he wasn't on three, but he pushed all his chips in on Dylan Rayold in Nebraska early. So for, for what that, that's worth. Oh, there uh, we go. Fred Sacco comes in with <laughs> – well, thank you, Fred. Fred Sacco comes in with Nebraska 24, Northwestern dry nine, dry humps zero. Yeah, this I is North- hope well, yeah, this are- is Northwestern. It wasn't dry humps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was the whole problem. Dry humps would have been less gross. Okay. Uh, Lonnie Kittleman says Lacey. That's the running back. Kewan, yeah, Kewan Lacey. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I, yeah, right now I'm, I'm not considering him 100% gone, but when he's up there going, hey, thrilled to get an offer from Florida, I – I pretty much consider that. What's the phrase? I have reopened my recruiting. And then Mur- we're going to end with this. Murph Dog Brewing Company says, tell us the mental ward story. That is a long story, and I'm not going to tell it because we're already past our hour, we and are. it's a fairly long story. And it's probably good for off-season stuff. Uh, you know, I have a lot of stories in my life. I've done <laughs> a lot of things. So, you know, thanks for not forgetting. I, put, You know, this stuff comes up. Like, the Young Guns thing is going to come up until we actually do it, which I know that that's how it works. Uh, hey, you, you, save that, you save that one for later, and I'll save my uh, Oklahoma road trip story uh from 1987 or 88 where i woke up in the morning sleeping on top of our car in the the oklahoma athletic director spot and i i lied because this thing came up uh jason reeves says now now y'all let's not kink shame <laughs> other schools for their training practices navy vet here i'm gonna just leave that alone <laughs> So I I know some Navy vets and y'all did some weird shit on those ships out there crossing the equator and shit like that. Uh, Lloyd Christmas says, love you guys. Well, thank you, Lloyd. That's very love nice. Love you, Lloyd. Love the name. Uh, Husker <laughs> Chuck says, uh, young gun sounds like off season material. It does. Okay. That. That's it. That's the last comment. The actual real last comment. Thank you all for showing up. Thank you for your support. Uh, go get some merch. Uh, send me money. I had super chats or get a membership so I can pay people more than just cat turds. 
because quite frankly, my cat is getting exhausted. And you owe me cat turds now. Yeah. All right. Good night, Andy. Good night, John.